Welcome to the 100 Club Podcast, a show designed to elevate the game of senior living sales and marketing leaders. I'm your co-host, Michael Moy, and with me is Corey Mitchell. We're talking to leaders from all different positions and titles, giving you and your team a competitive edge to reach 100% occupancy. We're listening to season one. Let's get into it. Welcome to the 100 Club Podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael Moy, alongside with me, Corey Mitchell. And we have an awesome guest, Danielle, goes by Danny, Danny Vance, who is the Director of Sales and Marketing at Jaybird Senior Living. And we are super thrilled to have you on the show. Welcome, Danny. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Danny, if you want to open us up and tell us just a little bit about yourself, anything about Jaybird Senior Living and just open up the floor to you. Yeah, awesome. So um, I think that uh, kind of to kick this off, a little bit of a background here is I um, started in the senior living industry um, way back when I was in eighth grade. So I had a religion teacher <clears throat> who during our religion class, um, she had us walk over to the nursing home across the street and start volunteering. So, you know, as an eighth grader, um, probably most eighth graders were like, are you kidding me? Like, this is not what I will want to be doing. Um, but I totally fell in love with it to the point that like my mom would take us to McDonald's or like a little mom and pop restaurant. And I'd be like, look at that group of, you know, elderly individuals. And she would be like, oh my gosh, you're going to marry an 80 year old. Like, what am I going to do with you? <laughs> you know, love it. Um, love it. so I, uh, I continued volunteering even in, in the summer and, you know, I would do activities or give hand massages or, you know, take people outside for walks. And even at the age of what, I don't know, 12, 13, 14 um, years old, was able to take a look around um, that type of environment. And I knew that there was a better way to do things. Right. So um, my mind was kind of made up at that point of kind of what, you know, direction I wanted to take my career and my life and kind of what, what my mission was. So, um, my first real job was as a dietary aide in a, uh, nursing home. And, um, if ever you want to get into a conversation of like, what's the worst manager you ever had, it was probably this situation. I, um, vividly remember this, uh, culinary, um, director, telling me like, I, I shouldn't be that responsive to the residents. I shouldn't make 10 trips back to the kitchen, you know, just to get them all the different condiments that they wanted or needing. And I remember like, even then, like being, you know, 15, 16 years old, having that aha moment of, you know, this isn't right. Like we can do so much better than that. Right. So, um, then I worked my way through high school and college as a CNA, um, took off. I started off in nursing school actually. Um, but then kind of, um, changed my course, which my parents totally loved, right? Like halfway through and, um, decided I more wanted to focus on the administration side and kind of, uh, policies and lobbying and, you know, things of that nature, maybe making a little bit broader of a change. So, um, <clears throat> at this point in time, I've kind of, of, I've done it all. Um, I never had any intention of actually focusing on sales and marketing, but when you're this in love with an industry, it's just kind of natural to sell. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I love it. That's good. 
Um, well, tell us a little bit about uh, just Jaybird Senior Living, uh, kind of just like yeah. walk us through the, you know, I know that you guys are working with 70 plus communities, uh, kind of talk about your geography, everything kind of set the stage there. And maybe yeah. we can walk through some more uh, tactics. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that story I just told you about myself, I thought it was a really unique story. And up until I um, came, came to Jaybird, um, it was a unique story story until I, you know, got into this role with um, the other executives on our leadership team and everybody has the same type of story. So, <laughs> which it. is super, super cool, right? We all have, um, you know, played different roles in the senior living industry and we all have um, that passion. Um, Karen Schott, who's our COO, um, exact same exact same story. Mm -hmm. We have a director of culture, Keely Negard, and same story. I mean, she started off as um, a CRC, a sales director, and then went into operations. Um, then she was uh, director of sales and marketing for Jaybird, and now she's our director of culture. So everybody, um, you know, we're, we can kind of cross over to, into each other's departments, which I think is one of the main reasons that um, makes Jaybird so unique. Like we don't stay, we don't stay in our lanes, uh, which maybe some people think is like not a good thing, but you know, if, if one of my um, team members, you know, is off for a day or is unavailable, I can very easily jump in and solve, you know, a nursing issue or, you know, answer a finance question and, and vice versa for everybody else. You know, they can totally, they know how to peel back the layers during a discovery process or, you know, really dive into our CRM's data to help, you know, solve an issue. So, um, yeah, definitely something I think that that sets us apart. And then it just trickles down um, from there. So um, I think Jaybird is all about uh, our human capital. That's what we invest in, um, not only at, you know, at this level, but at our community level too. Um, it is not uncommon for our leadership team to make multiple visits, you know, a week uh, to our communities. Um, you know, I can tell and others can tell about me if I haven't been in a community in a few weeks because we start getting cranky. Like, mm. and we'll say to each other, like, you need to go make a visit and re remember why we do what we do and go love on some residents and interact with team members and uh, regroup because that's that's truly what, what makes us happy, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then, you know, going, walking into our communities and, you know, interacting with team members. And I'm like, I'm so proud of them. And, you know, the culture, we have this red carpet philosophy and that's what our culture is built on. And like I said, it, our culture is so incredibly important to us that we developed a, a, a role for this. We have a director of culture, um, but to see that, you know, trickle down into our um, community and to our team members is, um, yeah, definitely something that that sets us apart. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. So it's so refreshing for us to hear a, a story like yours, where it was from a young age, you knew that your heart was aligned with senior living. And, you know, everyone has their stories. And it seems like most people's stories are once their grandma goes through it, or someone in their family, or they get introduced through someone else kind of falls into the industry and then sticks with it because of the purpose that's behind it. But you've had this passion since you were in eighth grade. 
Um, and I, I kind of want to know a little bit about your journey as far as you were executive director at a couple of different communities, and then now you're director of sales and marketing and kind of what that job entails and what a, what kind of like a day-to-day um, looks like as director of sales and marketing, how many people are underneath you, et cetera, but yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, actually that, that journey started way before that, like my first job out of college, I was a life enrichment coordinator for a large CCRC, um, which was a little bit of a learning curve being, you know, in your younger twenties and having people 10, 20, 30 years old, you know, reporting to you. So I learned a lot there. (laughs) Um, And so I've done that and I've been an admissions coordinator and a licensed nursing home administrator and of course an executive director. And I kind of got to the point that I, um, you know, it was just like, I can do more. Like I have all this knowledge and and passion and I just want to be able to, you know, spread it everywhere as far as I can go with it. So um, yeah, so I actually started with Jaybird as as a regional sales and marketing um, director and then switched to this role it's been about a year now. So that's kind of, that's been the, the journey there. So. Yeah. So in, in walk us through like what it looks like to be in your shoes, because like thinking about, honestly, thinking about helping out 70 plus communities gives me all sorts of anxiety. (laughs) And I know that your job is to empower your regionals and to, to help coach them and just kind of high level give what you are coaching and then maybe walk into that that day-to-day on how to make sure that you guys um, don't you you stay at a larger scale at 70 plus communities but then you still have such a like a local area focus for each community on like a one-on-one type scale so I don't know does that make sense I gotcha I gotcha yeah so um First of all, I could not survive if it were not for my team. Um, I have the best team full of the most passionate, compassionate, empathetic, culture-filled individuals to the point that I'm pretty sure that I learn more from them on a daily basis than they learn from me. Um, Somebody asked me a few weeks ago, like, who's your mentor or who do you look up to? And, you know, I have a few, but really who I look up to, it's my team. Like they hold everything together. I have a um, sales and marketing specialist, uh, Meg Harper, who's my right-hand person. And I tell her literally every single day, I was like, I would die without you. I can't can't do this without you. you, I love you. You are fabulous. Um, So, I mean, really, I think our success and my success is totally because of these great individuals who are so focused and driven and they do all of it out of out of love for the industry and the love for our our, uh, communities and and our residents um you know day to day of course everybody has like their tasks and you know to-do list but it's different every single day and I think that's why that's why I love it you know getting pulled into different uh directions or you know different topics of conversation um I never feel like again, going back to those lanes that I have to just, you know, stay focused on sales and marketing. If I want to, you know, be a part of a, you know, different, um, you know, discussion or something to do with operations. Um, I'm so appreciative that I, you know, am given that, that opportunity to do so. Um, I make sure that I always still directly oversee a few communities. So I never lose 
touch of mm. what that feels like. So I know when we're trying to implement something new or have a new initiative, I know exactly what, if there are any struggles or obstacles that my regional sales directors are feeling, because I'm going to feel that that same pain maybe too, or, or I want to feel those wins too. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I think that that's a big part of it, of making sure that you, um, that you still have boots on the ground and that you're still very hands-on and that you never ask, you know, one of your team members to do something that number one, you don't know how to do, um, or that you wouldn't be willing to do. Um, but yeah, every single day it, it's different. Um, I am, um, you know, I have high expectations for my team and every single one of them will tell you that, um, but they always know um, where they stand, right? And, you know, how to follow through on a project because of those expectations. Um, It's kind of a little bit of a uh, work hard, play hard uh, scenario. We do have, um, we all have such a great connection, but it's because we do things like we've gone on retreats together, right? we, you know, every Monday have a Teams meeting and, but it's cameras on. I want to see your faces. I miss you all. I want to see your eyes when we talk about something. Um, and then it's just all those, you know, different side conversations too. But yeah, every day is a little bit different. And again, it kind of goes back a little bit to, um, you know, winging it. Maybe a better example is if you like, you're a friend's fan, the whole pivot, like, you, you just pivot, right? Just and pivot. <laughs> just pivot. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Right. I, um, I really want to drill into, because I, A, I see how much passion you have, like just like in the brief time that we've been able to talk. And I think it's really cool. Like you, you lit up talking about your team and talking about your culture. And I think culture is a pie in the sky type of word that a lot of people toss around. You've mentioned it several times, so it's obviously like an intentional part of just day-to-day and everything. So I would love to learn, A, how you promote a, a positive culture, uh, one that has everyone's back, everyone that, like from your perspective, you're so humble and you're talking about some of your, I've never, I know that you would never say this, but like some of your, your subordinates or some of like the people that are under you, you're considering them your leader or your mentor. Um, I think that's super positive. So maybe talk about how you guys are, are kind of creating that that culture. And then also, I, I don't mean to make this a two-pronged question because I know those are super annoying. But, but the second part of that is, I think a lot of people get scared to cross-departmentally work with one another. I think that stay your lane is a very comfortable zone to be in. People don't like to be offended. Like, you know, I know sales and marketing. I know, you know, you know, operations. Don't tell me what to do my job. So how do you, how do you work with cross operationalizing that process? Yeah. I'm looking forward to to answering that too. I love (laughs) talking about that, but I'll start with the culture. So um, I don't know if you know this, but um, before we were called Jaybird Senior Living, we were Senior Housing Management. So we rebranded to Jaybird Senior Living last October. Um, uh, a little bit of a funny story is we were going to wait to <laughs> rebrand when the pandemic uh, got over, um, but we accidentally turned our Facebook page on for Jaybird, like turned it on live, and then started getting flooded with emails and calls and questions. And then we were like, 
surprise, <laughs> we're Jaybird now. <laughs> it's exactly so, how marketing saw it unfold, right? <laughs> right. So again, we we winged it. We just we pivot and we went with it, um, and it's been great ever since. But um, you know, one of this is where. Uh, kind of our new culture starts. So we had this, a good foundation of culture with a senior housing management and this red carpet philosophy. And then when we rebranded as Jaybird, which was a very um, strategic, believe it or not, minus Facebook and well thought out um, plan. And, um, you know, there's meaning behind, behind this. So our, our chairman is Kevin Russell and um, his mother's nickname was, was Jaybird. So that's why, that's why we're Jaybird senior living. So it's a every day, it's a reminder to us that we are caring for someone's mom, dad, aunt, uncle, loved one, you know, whatever it may be. So, um, I'm like huge on our logo, like everything I have in my life, like has team Jaybird on it. So like, it's always just a constant reminder of, of Kevin's story of why we're doing, you know, what we do. And I know other um, senior living, you know, organizations or, or companies, they don't necessarily, they don't have that background and have, and have that story. So I feel so incredibly lucky and blessed that we have like this really solid foundation of why we're doing what we're doing. Um, but with that being said, uh, Jaybird just kind of adds on to our red carpet philosophy. And we have so many initiatives um, that are aligned with our culture. Um, we actually took it a step further uh, this past year. Um, we uh, first started a, an internal caught red handed program, kind of like a, a staff incentive program. And then um, my team was thinking about it and we we're like, oh my gosh, like we should we need to tell people that we do this, right? And that this is our philosophy. How are we, how are we gonna market this a little bit better? So we just took that program and we externalized it. So now once a month, every single community um, thinks about who in the greater community, they can give a caught red handed you know, certificate. It's kind of like a little flash mob type deal of like showing up with like balloons and a certificate and a little, little spiel. Um, but really it's, um, finding an organization or individual that aligns with, you know, what our mission is and um, the, the red and caught red handed stands for responsive and enthusiastic and dedicated. So, you know, somebody or some entity that, that aligns with that. So we have little programs like that, that just kind of tie all of the different culture pieces together. Um, we have culture training for every single new um, team member. It doesn't matter what level. Um, that's like the first thing that you do is you go through our culture training. And then, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, um, it's, you have to live it. Right. So, you know, a constant reminder for, um, our executive leadership team. And then for my team that we're always talking about it. Um, we can't just say like, we have this program and then not do anything with it. So. Mm -hmm. Yes. I want to touch a little bit on, uh, Jaybird senior living. So you have over 70 communities, uh, what, okay. st what states are you in and what types are you guys independent living, uh, CCRCs are a mix of all. Yeah. So we are in Illinois, Iowa, Kentucky, Minnesota, and Wisconsin, and independent living, assisted living, and memory care. Um, I think our average probably community size is about 60 or so 
apartments. So most are um, more uh, rural areas, um, but we do have some in some bigger metro um, markets. So um, definitely right now uh, based in uh, the Midwest and um, yeah. How many of your communities are at 100% occupancy or really close to, would you say? Um, I would say that we have, I just was looking at our numbers, we probably have eight that are 98% or higher, and then um, 30 or more that are 90 or higher. That's yeah. awesome. That's so. awesome. And Congratulations. Which, That's amazing. Which is kind of the, the, the really the fundamental principle of, of why we're starting this podcast. And we can talk, we can start talking about those specific communities, the ones that are heading in that direction, all of that. So um, kind of talk to us about, you know, as soon as you, whether you develop or acquire a new community, you have to have one thing in place. Like you, this is the first initiative that you are doing. This is a very broad question. So just take it however, but like, you know, what, what sets the momentum in order to help accomplish communities getting to 100%? Yeah, so I mean, I think it depends if it's a new build, right? Or if it's, yeah. you know, somebody that we're, we're transitioning like a management um, contract. Um, and you're probably getting really annoyed at this point, but again, it, it goes back to implementing the culture <laughs> um, and, and what Jaybird stands for. Um, that's what it, it always goes back to. I mean, it, it'll take a week to, you know, learn um, processes and then, you know, people have to learn the policies and, um, but it takes a little bit longer actually to, to change around the culture. That's what takes, you know, the most work. So that's what we focus on. There's a lot of focus right now on staffing, retention. I think that a lot of people are just like, that's a very hot topic. And so I do think that culture does play into retention and walk, walk through like your selection process of a new sales director. And what are some key characteristics that you initially see that are like, boom, they're, they're made for Jaybird. They, I, I love it. Or maybe there's some more red flags in, in talking about um, that they might not, the, they might not fit in. And the reason why I asked this question is because I really want to create a blueprint for other operators out there and to know the right questions to ask, what characteristics to look for in salespeople in hopes to maybe generate some more people outside of the, the industry to come in to senior living because it's obviously it's an awesome place to be. So it is, yeah. um, but that's the key right there is what you just said is having an open mind outside of the industry. I don't care how long you've been in the senior living industry. If you sit in front of me and your eyes don't light up and I like, I can, you can get a vibe off of somebody, right? If you, if you don't tell me um, how much you love this industry and why, if I don't see any type of passion, even though you've been a sales director for 20 years, I'm not hiring you, mm. but you could work at the local gas station and I interview you and you tell me this fabulous story about how you cared for your grandma or how you go and volunteer at, you know, the local senior center once a month. And when you tell me that I can see it in your eyes, I will hire you on the spot because I can teach anybody. I can, I can teach you how to sell. 
in just a few weeks, I can teach you how to sell. I can teach you, um, I can teach you our CRM. I can teach you how to do a competitive analysis. I can help you whip out a marketing plan, but I can't give you that passion. I've Mm -hmm. tried. I've drove myself crazy. Like I've had different conversations with people that I'm like, I just want to like take my heart out and like give it, you know, like push it into somebody else, but you can't do that. Right. So I don't think, I think definitely we need to be looking outside of the industry for, um, you know, for, for new talent, for, you know, passionate, um, individuals, um, you know, there's been different, I've had different conversations with people like, oh, we should just focus on people who just sell for, you know, if they could be a car salesman or, you know, they could have sold for, for this industry. And again, I just go back to that, having that like one-on-one conversation of what makes that person tick and what that, like, I always ask, like at the end of the day, what fulfills you, mm. you know? And if, if people talk to me, um, about money or like reaching certain goals or things that are just so materialistic. I just can't wrap my head around that. But what I've had most success with is, um, is, is really the heart of the matter is when I can see that, you know, passion from somebody and it doesn't necessarily have to be, um, you know, strictly with, um, an experience that they've had, you know, but if I, you can see some type of light behind that, you can help nurture that passion yeah yeah i love hearing that that's amazing so you find somebody with the heart first and then teach them the skills i would love to dive in a little bit about what skills it is that you you do teach what what kind of sales processes that you guys use at jaybird if if it if any at all if it's you know what the tour process looks like or what happens when a customer comes in and what you guys teach there yeah yeah. So, um, one of the first things I did when I started in this role last year, um, with the help of some of my teammates is, uh, develop the Jaybird sales Academy. So historically, um, our company was great with marketing, but not so great with sales because everybody thought that sales was a dirty, horrible word. So one of the first things that I talk about in the sales Academy <clears throat> is that sales actually in this industry, or at least for Jaybird, sales equals helping people, right? So um, that's the first thing that we talk about and we talk about what that looks like and and what that means. So um, we developed this Jaybird Sales Academy and um, I made every single person on the corporate and uh, regional team go through this, even all of our accountants accountants, which, um, by the way, were the most fun to have in our sales academy. Like they had great questions. Um, they were vibrant. They were super engaged. I was totally surprised. Um, the feedback I got from them, they're like, this kind of makes sense now as I'm going through financials, or I always wondered why you guys did it this way, or, oh, I didn't know what that terminology (laughs) meant. So, uh, we had everybody go through it because again, it kind of goes back to, um, staying in your lane, right? So kind of bouncing back to that conversation, um, we have what's called a trifecta, right? So we have, we have sales and we have operations and we have clinical and what we have been working so incredibly hard on, uh, the last, you know, year, year and a half is making sure that all three of those are married. The second that one of those, you know, legs is kind of kicked out from underneath you, everything falls apart. And it's so extremely, 
you know, a parent in a community. I can look at somebody's, you know, occupancy and I, I know like where we're falling short, like there's something missing, you know, in that trifecta. So, um, but yeah, so that's why we had everybody, you know, go through that. And, you know, we, we talk about, it's kind of like A to Z start to finish of having that culture conversation, but then just the extreme basics of how to answer a telephone, right? Like you think maybe common sense, but people don't know. Like I can remember being at my first job, I, I didn't know how to, you know, appropriately answer a phone. And I didn't understand like the big picture behind what that amazing greeting, you know, I, you just don't think about those things sometimes. So, um, you know, we go through those basic things. Uh, we go through, um, uh, a deep dive into having those, uh, really tough conversations, which, um, is something that, you know, I think the industry is totally missing and still super scared about is having those tough conversations with, um, with leads or prospects and their families. Um, so we work on that constantly, um, with our, with our team members. Um, and then, you know, it, it leads through the whole, the whole sales cycle. Um, but it's something we do this on a monthly basis, have this sales Academy. So, you know, all coordinator members, we go into the communities on a quarterly basis and the whole staff attends the sales Academy because, I could have the best rock star sales director, but if rest of the community isn't rallying around and isn't sales focused, culture focused and customer service focused, we're just not going to be successful. Like we're only one person, right? You can only, you can only do so much. So. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's so good. I'm, I want to dive into your tough conversations, uh, like how you guys are coaching on that. So is it role-playing? Is it like, how, yeah, walk me through how you're teaching people on actually taking on head on those tough conversations. Yeah, it is a lot of role-playing. I have a uh, regional sales director who is like the best at role-playing. Um, I am kind of a fan of mystery shops just to use them as uh, training, right? Uh, tools. Um, we're actually starting. So myself and one of my regional directors, um, we're starting a little kind of, not podcast, but maybe like kind of video blog series. We're actually starting it next week and it's surrounding these tough conversations that some people are still struggling with. And they struggle because they're such like good people and they like feel bad you know? So then like, we like turn that conversation of, um, they, they came to you first, right? Like you didn't just go walk around the neighborhood and knock on a door and say, Hey, you look old. Do you want to come move, move in with us? Right? Like <laughs> they, they came to you first. So let me help you, um, not feel so guilty about, you know, these conversations. So I think one is titled, we're having, um, a discussion about uh, the financial aspect. Like people hate having that conversation. Um, it's so incredibly important. Um, one is titled, um, the community down the road has a pool. So we're gonna talk about like amenities and you know, is that really important, right? Or do we need to kind of peel back the later layers a little bit of like what mom really needs? Um, the other one is going to be about, um, you know, yeah, I know my mom has dementia, but I'm going to let her, you know, make the decision when the timing's right for her. So just kind of those tricky conversations that everybody's come across, but sometimes it still kind of like stops you and sales directors are like, end up being like, 
oh, okay, just call me when you're ready. And I'm like, no, like you just, you can't leave the ball in their court. Like that's the number one thing that, um, that we can't do, right? Like we're the experts that came to us first. It's our honor and privilege and duty to continue to help guide them, but we have to be comfortable having those tough conversations. Yeah, that's great. Cause you almost like you hit the nail on the head. You almost feel like you're doing them a disservice if you're actually not totally. like, Hey, I'm going to take the consultative approach. You just said sales equal helping. So I'm honestly, my heart's in my, you know, my heart's in the right place. My intention's the right place. It might not be us. And I think some people yep. feel the need to like put a, you know, a, a square peg in a round hole, walk mm-hmm. through, walk through that. Like, I, you know, are, are you helping empower your teams on like, Hey, if we're not a fit, like, or I guess just forestalling some objections, like, yeah. Hey, you know, we might not be a good fit, but I would be doing a disservice if I let you walk out of this building without feeling confident that, you know, that your mom or your loved one needs more support. So it's okay. Yeah. 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 So I say that all the time. It, it's okay if they don't choose us. We aren't going to be the right fit for everyone, but we do need to help guide them mm-hmm. right through the process and help be that resource until they can find the right fit for them. You know what? Maybe sometimes home health is the right option every once in a while, right? Like maybe that makes sense, but don't just wave and you know tell them goodbye, like good luck. Mm-hmm. You need to still, still help guide them through that, that yeah. process. And it's almost like, yeah, you, home health might be the option, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to follow up with you in a month, see how things are going, and then we can reassess. Now they're seeing like, okay, so this person's not trying to, to, to oversell me. They've literally just given right. me another option. So I think that's that's cool that you guys are elevating that and, and coaching people in different circumstantial type conversations. Yeah, absolutely. I just have to say, it's amazing to hear that you're teaching these overcoming objections before they happen, right? So these having tough conversations are really gearing your salespeople with the ability to respond to those types of things. Like, hey, we're just gonna wait. We're gonna let mom decide. Okay, here's what you say to that. Because if you are really sold on that you are the best option for them, then you need to convince them to do it now rather than wait, because we know the implications of waiting. And like you said, the salesperson is the expert. So you need to take that approach to that conversation as you're the expert. Look, you can even use an example of someone who did wait and what happened when they waited, right? So you don't want that to happen. Um, So I I commend you for for doing that. No wonder why you guys have eight communities that are at 100% because you're teaching your salespeople how to overcome these stalls and having these tough conversations before they happen. So I really commend you for doing that. one of my favorite examples that I like to give, and this is like a real life situation when I was a director is, you know, I had a family member sitting in front of me and, you know, they were telling me that, you know, mom's mom fell down the basement stairs, you know, eight times and medication is all over the counter, but they just weren't ready to make that move. And as, as I'm panicking on the inside, because I mean, I don't care about the sale. I'm like, oh my, oh my God, like, what, what are we doing? I, I mean, it literally came out of me. Um, okay, but do you know that this ninth fall, like that may be it, right? She, mm-hmm. she could crack open her head and, and then what? Like think of the guilt that you're going to feel then. Like you can do something about this now, 
right? So, and and that's a tough conversation to have because you're like, they could walk away and be totally PO'd at me. But I also am like, at least I am still attempting to help them like see the bigger picture and show that, that I care. Like, I don't want you guys to be put in, in this situation. Could you share, so of those eight communities that are hitting crazy numbers and even like, not even thinking like just specifically hundred percent, like ones that are just meeting their goals. Yeah. Um, like talk about key characteristics of, of what they're doing, you know, how they're living their day to day, how they're promoting sales culture, you know, what the, the true Jaybird way and, um, you know, try to give a template of, you know, if somebody's coming from outside the industry, like what do I need in order to be a successful sales director? Mm-hmm. Um, you just need to listen to me. That's what I like saying at the end of the day. Like I will give you all these tools and I will give you this roadmap. And so these communities that are, you know, wildly successful, some have taken a little bit like to catch on that I'm not a complete crazy person. Like, and it's been like bit by bit of like building that trust with them. That's what it is, right? Like, um, you know, when we we started utilizing one day and I people thought I was insane, but then I had a few communities that were like, well, what else am I going to do right now? Might as well try it, you know, and we're getting move-ins because of, you know, utilizing one day. And then they were legit emailing me back and they're like, dude, Danny, that worked. Are you like, what else you got? You know? So it's, it's, it's a few things. It's having that really solid trifecta at the community and everybody understanding the importance of sales and the big picture of, you know, helping people, but also at the end of the day, like the sales team, like, that's how you get paid. Right. So like the whole big picture, um, and then, you know, utilizing what we give you for, for tools. And then I think when you, when you combine that, like you're, you're going to be successful. I don't care what market you're in. I actually don't even care, believe it or not, like the shape of your community. It's all about the individuals inside your community. That's great. Yeah. 100%. Talk to me as if um, I'm the sales director and I'm afraid to send one day videos. I don't think people like care about watching videos. Why They're not opening them. Like that is the way that things are moving. I think people love to interact with people and especially in this isolated type of environment. So tell me like, give me some encouragement on why I should be doing it. And then maybe even some like best practices within the one day videos that you guys are seeing. Like, is it the call to actions? Is it the like areas of the community that you're showing? Like, tell me about that. Yeah. So um, actually we're doing a huge like relaunch of one day tomorrow, I think. And um, have this big quarterly competition uh, planned out. So I'm like super excited about it. Um, So probably those individuals who are uncomfortable utilizing one day are very analytical. And I'm doing this case study with one day. And honestly, Jaybird is the perfect uh, company to do this. We actually have half of our communities on one day and half of them are not utilizing one day. So we have this data and it's very clear. And I think even more so after I do this big push here with uh, utilizing one day, where the occupancy is going to be with the communities that are utilizing one day and those that are not. So I think, you know, having that type of conversation with maybe a more analytical individual where they can see that, see that data, um, I think is really, really helpful. 
Um, one day has come out with so many cool, I'm like doing a plug for them so they can thank uh, you later. I was about to say like the <laughs> de- details in the show notes on, on one day. <laughs> I love it. They can, they can thank me later. Um, yeah. you know, they've come out with a lot of new like enhancements. Um, I just did a video, um, I think last weekend that I wanted to send out this week and you can do it from your laptop now and it just makes it so much easier. So like, you can just like be anywhere and sh- shut the door and, you know, and you can practice over and over again. And that's what I tell people, like, you have to practice. Like, um, anytime I go give a speech or presentation, like, and I will be the first one to admit this. And this is why people think I'm crazy, but like, I'll practice it in front of a mirror. Mm-hmm. Like I have to practice. Like, I want to make sure I'm like not make, wait, making a weird face or whatever. Right. So it just takes practice. And I think, you know, after you do one, um, you just get a little bit more, you know, comfortable, but the best way to start is to not, you know, do a, maybe a personalized follow-up after a tour, you know, videotape, do a engaging, you know, activity, you know, videotape that, right. Or, um, just maybe start with a, uh, virtual tour, right. Like just start getting used to the system and I'm all about baby steps, take baby steps. Like you can't just, you know, jump right into, you know, maybe my level of comfort of, you know, being on camera, right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all about baby steps. Yeah. And how Corey uh, would always, so I was the, the CRC and he was the CRD and he'd always coach just like, you just got to get your reps in. You just got to mm-hmm. like practice, practice, practice. It's like, of course, you're not going to be great on a tour nope. for the first couple of times. Like nope. it's almost like would be bad if you, you thought that you, you were there, you know, like right. have, a, have a humble mind. Yeah. Um, I know cool. there's something about being authentic too. I think people can see in a video, if you do something happens and you mess up and you say the wrong thing, or you stumble over your words, like you're human and that's okay. Yeah. And the, and the person that's watching yeah, the video probably loves it no matter what. So you got to just totally. got to get over that fear, but that's a good segue into um, technology and follow-up. And if you guys are using anything uh, technology wise, maybe it's on your website or something that is helping get movements. Yeah. So we, um, we launched a virtual sales assistant, um, this year, um, which yeah, was new to us. Um, that has helped just with our overall lead flow. Um, you know, what I was realizing, um, was that, you know, people go to your website cause they want the, the pricing. Um, and I don't ever want to create that sticker shack. Like, yeah, you can do like, you know, the starting at 3,400 or whatever, but like, then you don't seem very transparent. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, let's give this virtual sales assistant a shot. And it's, it's really been great. Our, um, conversion ratios are actually, actually excellent with it. Um, but of course, you know, we're collecting their data that gets, you know, instantly pushed to our CRM and they're getting exactly what they need. And then what I train um, our sales directors is um, these individuals are like, they're on your website right now. Like our, our uh, speed of lead expectation is 30 minutes, but for virtual sales assistant, like it needs to be within 10 minutes. You need to get on the phone and call them. Like they're only engaged with you. So um, we've implemented that. And then um, yeah, still a huge fan of um, one day, And, um, we're always kind of, you know, dabbling a little bit and trialing and, you know, seeing what's out there. Um, 
I always want to know, you know, what others are doing, but I also, um, uh, and cognizant of kind of like that white noise and trying also like stay focused on, you know, what's true to Jaybird and what's really important to us too, even, even in regards to technology. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that you brought up the virtual sales assistant. So two years ago, I guess it was probably about yeah, two, two years, years ago, we, we wanted to add that onto our website because I mean, our goal was to get to hundred percent. And so once we were, we were able to add virtual sales assistant, we literally had to like me and Michael type out the script for the virtual sales assistant that the capture the to, to capture the leads. We were actually one of the first. I think we were the first in the company to pilot, to pilot that and to add the pricing to the websites. Because what we found was that if you typed in senior living or if you typed in our community price, it would bring up a place for mom and caring.com and those places first. So we were almost yep. like pushing our leads to yep. a place for mom to paid referral sources. Um, yep. And so they, they actually, so Thrive Senior Living was, you know, awesome in the fact that they would let us do things like that, pilot it and it ended up working. And now we keep hearing more and more people talking about how they're adding that type of stuff. So it's really cool to, to see how the industry is moving forward in that aspect. Yeah. And it, it's cool to know that that person is, is interacting with you, like how you're emphasizing, like, Hey, they're on our website. They're interested in us. Like let's coach up on getting quicker to these leads. Yeah, sure. We're, we're we definitely want any type of relationship with place for mom, caring.com like those to get to, but just to emphasize. So how have you seen that translate? Cause obviously you're getting more qualified leads, but now you're getting to them mm -hmm. faster. So how has that helped mm -hmm. with conversions and just overall occupancy numbers? Yeah. So, I mean, our conversion uh, ratios with our virtual sales assistant are at 20%, which I'm, I'm completely pleased with. And it's, it's been a, um, I guess it hasn't even been gradual. I think when, after like the first month, it was like 10% and then mm -hmm. it, you know, went to 20 and that's kind of where we've been sitting, like give or take, um, each month. So of course our, um, you know, maybe somebody that filled out the virtual sales assistant or you utilize that tool, maybe they would have ended up filling out a web form fill, right? Like mm -hmm. who knows? But, um, I think overall, um, you know, I know our lead flow is up because of that. And, um, I'm always going to push that 20%. Like I'm never going to like completely be okay with it. We're always gonna, you know, work to, um, get better, but it's definitely, you know, one of the best decisions that we made, I think not only for us, but also for, for our consumers too. So they can have that, that information. Yeah, absolutely. So I know that we're coming up short on our time. I want to be respectful of your time because you're obviously super busy. Uh, so with that, I want to ask just kind of like a, a fun question, uh, take it however you want. I'm not going to ask you the, the, the future of, of senior living or anything like that. Um, but if you could start, stop and continue something. So stopping something that you feel like might be antiquated, starting something that you feel like not enough people are, are doing and then continuing, uh, it could be the Jay Bird Academy, if you will, um, the coaching up on, on crucial conversations. But main, main reason I ask that is because I want our audience to know, you know, some things that might have, have been antiquated, they might, might need to stop doing and start doing something else to hopefully advance the industry as a whole. But I know that's a loaded question. Okay, so this is the direction I'm going to take this. Okay. <laughs> um, I, um, 
so we started this campaign. This is the first year for 2022 that we've had a whole year um, campaign. And the campaign is uh, Passport to um, Exceptional Living and Extraordinary Care. And uh, the thought process behind that and what my main focus is, is it's not about amenities. And I think the senior living industry as, sorry, did I lose you? As a whole, uh, <laughs> the senior living industry as a whole is so focused on really amazing design concepts, which are cool. And sorry, um, not focused on the residents, uh, you know, overall well-being and like a holistic approach. So um, this campaign, um, each month we have a, you know, different theme of where this passport is going to take them. So January's theme is, you know, adventure awaits at Liberty Court. And we have tied our programming into our sales and marketing and into our um, staff recruitment initiatives to kind of just marry, you know, all of those. So, um, yeah, I want to stop focusing on amenities. I want to start focusing on uh, all the five dimensions of wellness and have an overall approach to um, really a holistic approach to to our residents as, you know, really, you know, focused on them as individuals, focused on their souls and what makes them whole. Yeah, I love that. Love it. Yeah, that's a perfect place to stop. I couldn't agree more. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Um, if you want to tell people where they can reach out to you, if they have any questions for you or where they can find you on social media. Yeah, absolutely. So our website's uh, jbirdseniorliving.com. Um, my telephone number is 815-441-1830. You can look me up on LinkedIn and I would love to connect with anybody. That's great. I also will want to plug uh, whenever you, you launch that vlog, I want to help promote yes. that as well. I'll send uh, it to you. Cool. Cool. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening to a 100 Club podcast. And until next time, you guys have a great day. Thank you so much. Bye.